Thanks for listening to the River Claremont podcast. We pray you are encouraged by today's message. For more information or to stay connected with what's happening at the river, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the River Claremont. Turn with me in your Bible to John chapter 4. I've always felt when I read this that there's a lot more meat in it than I've ever got. You ever have scriptures that you read and you're like, man, there's more in this than I've ever uncovered before. In John chapter 4, of course, Jesus meets a woman at the well uh, and, 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 and has a conversation with her. We'll just read it. John 4, verse 5, it says, Eventually he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar. This is Jesus. And near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph, Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. And soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. Jesus, so she said to Jesus, You are a Jew. I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, If, only, if you only knew the gift that God has for you, And who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Shout living water. water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said. And this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think that you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? And Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give them will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Amen. Amen. So what's Jesus speaking about right now? First, got to understand that everything in the kingdom of God has never been grasped from the logical mind of mankind. You can't bring logic and reason into the kingdom of God and enter into the fullness of what heaven has for you. For even Nicodemus said, how can a man be born again? Is he going to crawl back in his mother and come back out again? And Jesus was like, no, we're talking about something entirely different. Thank God. (laughs) We're talking about being born again by the Spirit. Now, this message has gone around the world for thousands of years now, and it's become eroded in the sense of people don't really understand The reality of a new birth experience. That God came and makes his people brand new so that you carry something you did not carry before. You carry a river on the inside of you that is always bubbling up. Amen. Amen. Prophecy means to bubble forth. So prophecy comes from this river. That if you learn how to tap into the river that's on the inside of you, you can declare what God wants you to declare. If you declare what comes and originates from the throne of God, then it has power to do exactly what you say it's going to do. Amen? Who believes that God can do supernatural things? Who believes that you could live a life with nothing else besides Jesus? Do you really believe that? Like, do you believe that if you were locked in a log cabin in Toke, Alaska? I mean, I'm not prophesying or anything, but these things have happened. And there's no food source. There's no water source. Do you believe that Jesus could sustain your life supernaturally? If you believe it, shout amen. Amen. If you don't believe that, say, hold up. Okay. Good. Now, how does Jesus do that? How can Jesus, how can salvation, how can it have power to sustain this flesh? This flesh is failing. How many people realize your flesh will give way? Amen? This flesh will not go to heaven with you. Praise God. In heaven, we don't have to have deodorant. But on earth, please adhere to these Social standards. Deodorant is good. Especially when you're an arm raiser in worship. This right here should be considered taken care of. Amen. 
Put a little bit of the lily of the, wa- the valley and the rose of Sharon under there. <laughs> we believe in freedom, but there's some freedom that's too free. I love all the granola people out there. But we have advanced ourselves as a society to have running water and shampoo in a bottle. Let's apply these things and we will all be grateful for it. Amen. Plus all the natural soap anyways. I don't know what they put in it, but it hurts. I have never felt a bar of soap as grainy as these natural bars of soap. Twigs sticking out of them. You can cut yourself while you shower. Oh, no, 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 Pastor Caleb. It is free of sulfates, nitrates, what's in it? I don't know. That looks like a dried up, never mind. What's it smell like? It doesn't really smell good, but it keeps me clean. Oh, okay. Well, good for you, Bubba. Who's grateful for modern advancements? People are like, I just am an old soul. I should have been born in the 1700s. Do you realize they didn't have AC in the 1700s? When your AC goes out, you are like, that's it. I can't stand this right now. You can't even stay off of your phone for an entire church service. Some of you have already liked three Facebook posts since we started. People are like, Jesus, Jesus, like, you make the, ooh, what is she wearing, unlike, but yeah, you're an old soul, you would have really thrived in the 1700s, keep telling yourself that, Bubba, you get tired walking from your bedroom to the, to the refrigerator. Now, what Jesus is speaking about is a salvation experience. And what he is explaining to this woman is the fact that the natural person does not have access except through the Spirit. And in the Spirit, if you perceive it, you can tap into a life source, which is the life of Christ on the inside of you, that will never run dry and can always sustain you through any and all circumstances. That means in good seasons and bad seasons. And I'll highlight the good seasons because many people turn to the Lord in bad seasons. But in good seasons, it can get gooder. Amen. There is no limit in the kingdom of God. And what this woman responded with is how many of us respond. But you don't even have a bucket. That totally reminds me of that song. I just went there. There's a hole in my bucket, dear Liza, dear Liza. Then fix it, dear Willie, you silly, then fix it. <laughs> Say, Pastor Caleb, my bucket has a hole in it. You don't need a bucket. You have a river. Yeah. Stop playing with a bucket. Get a river. Yeah. Trust me, a river is way more exciting than a bucket. Yeah. I grew up on a dairy farm. Buckets are not that fun. <laughs> Rivers are where life flows. It's an accessible point through the Spirit of God. You cannot reason out what God is doing right now. You have to perceive it and carry it into this world. Now beyond that, what Jesus is speaking of is His plan for mankind. That Jesus came and spoke over this woman, revealing to her that I will release upon a people a river that will flow from the throne of God out of your innermost beings to bring life into this world. You are here and you are saved for a purpose. Thank God you're going to heaven. But what are you going to do while you're still on this earth? Will you let heaven flow through you? Amen. John 7, 37 through 39, Jesus speaks and says, On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowd, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Is anybody thirsty for the Lord? Amen. Who believes in me may come and drink, for the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart or, and the amplified, his innermost being. When he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him, but the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not 
yet entered into his glory. So the river of God that Jesus spoke up to this woman at the, at, the, at the well and what flows from your innermost being is the working of the Holy Spirit partnered and you being used by you to bring that life. You are meant to be a river and a river must flow. If you stop up a river, then it stops becoming a source of life everywhere it goes. You are meant to flow with the things of God. Amen. You've got to learn how to tap into the realms of the Spirit and let the Spirit of God flow in you and through you to bring life into this world. You have access through the Spirit of God to everything in the kingdom of heaven, but you've got to bring it into this earth because now more than ever, we need the river of heaven flowing across the nations of the world. Amen. Who believes that God can use you to reach other people? Who believes that the river that flows from you has the power to set other people free if you would let that river flow out of you? Amen. On that note, let me just say this. If prophecy is bubbling forth, it's the same as tongues. Tongues, prophecy, come from the innermost being. If you got that gift, do not let anybody shame you for the gift of God in your life and let that flow from your life as much and as often as possible. Amen. Paul said, I, I pray in tongues more than all of you. If you got it, pray in tongues. If you don't got it, press in till you get it. Because it's real and it'll change your life. Amen. And then from that same place is where true prophecy comes from. We have a lot of error in prophecy right now. A lot of people introduce themselves as prophets and they prophesy from their head. You don't prophesy from your head. You prophesy from your spirit on the inside. Amen. So... The river of living water is meant to flow from a believer. You're meant to be a carrier of something that changes this world. Amen? That's why you're still here. Jesus has a plan for your life. And the plan is to reach other people. Not just, not, we're not talking about ministry. We're not talking about preaching. We're just talking about if there's a river flowing from you, life will be produced around you. And people will notice and see the hand of God upon your life. Amen? Amen. Say, I'm a river, river. not a pond. pond. Let me read this to you. Are you a river or a pond? A pond can only grow if another source fills it. Its growth is always followed with a retreat if the season turns dry. It'll overflow for a time of rain, but it always dries up in tough seasons. uh, Ponds are people that always say they know why they're not growing. We aren't growing because believers aren't hungry. The devil is attacking me. I need more money. I need a bigger building or a better house. I'm in the wrong city. The Jezebel spirit, the Python spirit, the Leviathan spirit are always attacking me. They prophesy about hard times and dry seasons coming on the body of Christ. They're fixated on the sufferings and they forget about the glory that is supposed to be revealed. Their water is murky because it mixes with everything around it and it has no power to cleanse itself. They change seasonally. One season they focus on prayer, the next revival, the next praise, the next deliverance because they have no stability or consistency. They change to be like rivers when rivers sweep through, but they don't have the power to sustain or produce what a river does. They are happy only if you give them a reason to be happy, but joy is not a natural disposition for a pond. Most commonly, pawns are heard saying, I'm tired, I'm too busy, I don't know what to do, nothing seems to be working, or most famously, I'm just waiting on the Lord. (laughs) A river is always flowing and it never stops. Its seasons of rain cause its banks to surge and a river will cut a brand new path. It sustains the lives of many. It attracts people to live by it. It transports goods to locations. It is constant and steadfast. It is the person that is always growing because they are always speaking the word. Their prayers are fervent and lively. They're always given. They sow and they speak life, not death. They ignore limitations and reasons to fail and just simply continue to flow and move ahead. When God pours out on them, they're given a brand new way to go, which they had never had before. 
Rivers, water, is always living, pure, and fresh. It comes from a pure source. It always flows, so it never grows stagnant. It many times begins in small headwaters, but it gains momentum and depth as it flows towards the vastness of the sea. In other words, a river begins small, but it will always grow to something bigger. Rivers are most commonly heard saying, by God's grace, I know I can. I believe I'm too blessed to be stressed. God is with me. God is for me. God is in me. God is through me. God is moving. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. His joy is my strength. His word is my lamp. He is faithful, and I won't quit, and I will never grow weary because he renews my strength every single day. If you are a river... Take a 10 seconds and praise the Lord that you are a source of living fresh water. Nothing can stop the river from flowing. It is going to grow. Hallelujah. Jesus. You're a river, not a pond. Rivers don't care about dry seasons. They're going to keep moving forward. Can't stop a river. Well, you can if you put a dam there. Anyways, that doesn't apply to my message today. (laughs) Kirsten's dad would ride that one right there. Sometimes preachers like to say naughty things, but anyways. Revelations 22, 1 through 3. Speaking about a river of God. Now, if Jesus says the river flows from you, then you got to realize that when we read Revelations, which also models Ezekiel 47, that the scripture tells us about the river of God that's flowing from his throne. And Jesus said that that river is what will flow out of you. So you are a carrier of the things of God and meant to let that river flow out of you. So when we read what the river does, that's what you're supposed to do. Amen? You with me there? So the Bible says that the angel showed me a river with the water of life clear as a crystal. Thank God that the water of God is clear as a crystal. It is not murky. It is not dirty. That our God is pure at all times. Flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb of God and of the Lamb. It flowed down the center of the main street. And on each side of the river grew a tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop each month. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations, and no longer will there be a curse upon anything, for the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there, and His servants will worship Him. Everywhere the river flows, trees grow up providing food for eating, the leaves are used for medicine, and every curse is broken. Well, the trees represent provision. That if the river of God is on the inside of you, you have a river of provision that is held in your spirit. That anywhere God would place you, whether it's in a nation that is collapsing or in a nation that is exploding in growth. Whether it's in tough times, dry times, overflow times. The river of life on the inside of you has the power to produce whatever needs to be produced. If you have the river of God flowing, we could place you in the middle of nowhere And things would spring to life around you because something is flowing out of your belly. And that is the fullness of the kingdom of God. You can take a river and you can throw them in the Sahari Desert and come back in a year and there will be a church growing up. There will be a city flowing. There will be people encountering the Lord. There will be an attraction where people come to because the life of Christ always produces more life. Amen. If you have the river of God and you learn how to tap into what God has placed on the inside of you, you don't have to worry about economic downturns. You don't have to worry about collapses of nations. You don't have to worry about famine, drought, or anything this world throws at you. You will always have the river flowing and you will always be well provided for. You do not apply or your life does not get tangled up with the natural realm because you live from a river on the inside of you that brings supernatural provision. Let me tell you, if two by fours are $9 right now, bro, you better learn how to tap into provision. Amen? 
If you look at the nations of the world, things are just going to get more and more out of hand, more and more stacked against people, but it doesn't matter. A child of God will still always rise above anything the world throws at them because you have a kingdom in your heart and a river that flows that will provide. Do you believe that Jesus is a provider? Do you believe that God can meet absolutely any need whatsoever at any given moment? Do you believe that Jesus could still make a bird fly and drop flesh and bread in your lap each morning? Come on, that is scriptural evidence that the Lord is okay with hamburgers. Can I get a witness, baby? Doesn't say that the bird came and brought a fruit smoothie. Says it came and brought bread and meat, and we all know that that is a delicious hamburger. The prophet was sitting there yelling out, did you bring some mayonnaise? I prefer cheddar, not American. <laughs> I was one time golfing. This is like 10 years ago. And um, I saw a raven flying, and literally it leapt in my spirit. He's going to drop. The provision of God in my lap because I was out there golfing and praying God for some, asking the Lord for a breakthrough. So I literally positioned myself expecting the raven to drop like a, I don't even know what I was thinking. You know, at that moment, you've definitely stepped out of the logical plat, platform and you're just in the faith realm. Like he's going to drop like a gold bar or something. And I'm watching the bird. He flies over me and he lands in my golf cart and he flies away with my hot dog. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, that ain't even right, God. I felt so deflated. I was like, I can't believe I was robbed. Maybe there's a prophet somewhere that he's feeding, but right now this prophet could be fed too. So I have experience and watch a raven preparing exactly what the word says. There's a sucker right there. I'll take from him and feed him. Anyways, it was, that reminds me of another time. I was out on the beach in, in Tampa, and I looked out, and I saw Jesus walking on the water. And I'm telling you, I, like, I was like springing to life, like, like exploding. I never really felt this. I was like, it's Jesus. And like, I, was like, I, I was about to jump off the pier and start walking to him. I mean, it was like this very real moment. And then as I kept looking at Jesus, I was like, he's not moving, though. You, and I'm like, <laughs> I really share too much. I'm like shouting from the pier in, in Tampa, you know, in Clearwater. Jesus, do you want me to come to you? I'm, if someone, if there was like a bum on the beach that morning, he was like, Myrtle, get your bag. I'm like shouting from the pier, and I was like about to jump, and then I was like, he's not moving though, and he's not telling me to come towards him. So then I looked a little bit closer, and I realized, unfortunately, Jesus was a no-wake sign in the water that night. But it really, I know what it's going to feel like when Jesus returns, because I was like, <gasps> like, I couldn't even breathe. I was so excited. It's Jesus. It was like the best moment ever until I realized it was just a no-wake sign. And then, then, I'm, then, I'm, then I moved on. All I can say is I'm just grateful I didn't jump before I asked, Lord, if it's you, bid me come. <laughs> Philippians 4.19 says, This same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs. Shout all your needs. Do you know what all your needs means? All your needs. Somebody say all your needs. Yeah, get a little attitude with it. From his glorious riches. So God will provide for you according to the riches of heaven, not according to the riches of this world. God's kingdom is not attached to any kingdom of earth. God's portfolio does not decline when the, when the, the NASDAQ or whatever it is collapses. 
He is not a Bitcoin person. He is not a currency person. God's kingdom is outside of the realm of man's control entirely. He has the power to provide any need according to his riches and glory at any given moment. Somebody shout amen. He can meet your needs. If you need food multiplied, God will multiply your food. He's done it once. He'll do it again. If you need healing, he's a healer. If you need wisdom, he gives wisdom. If you need breakthrough, he gives breakthrough. But our God provides according to his riches and glory. You will lack nothing. Amen. Amen. You're not going to lack anything. You don't need an inoculation of this world because you have an inoculation from the Spirit of God. Amen. Come on. Psalm 34 says, even strong lions sometimes go hungry. But those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Our God is not changed. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now James says in, in the book of James that he, he mentions you believe there is a God. Good. So do the demons in hell. Because a lot of people are like, well, I believe the Lord will take care of me. I believe, the, I believe in the Lord. I believe in God. There is a God. I believe there is a greater being out there. I believe this. But what you believe about the Lord also matters. If you have the wrong belief system attached to it, then you will lose sight of what the river is meant to produce in your life. If you begin to adopt the mindset that God does not provide, that God is not in the business of supplying physical things to his people, then you will never have the faith to grab a hold of the provision that God wants to put in your life. And God is a multiplier. Amen? God can multiply. He can do it however he wants to do it. You figure it out. If God wants to make money appear in your bank account, who's okay with that? See, look how little hands went up. See what I'm saying? Like, okay, then what you would make appear in those people's bank accounts that didn't raise their hands make appear in my bank account. God can provide. If he wants to do, if he wants to drop a fish from a bird's mouth and you cut open the fish and the gold coins in it, that's okay too. Right? Have y'all ever heard the, the testimony of when I, I was reading Haggai and I came on the gold and silver? Have you heard this? So I'm reading Haggai one time, and it says the silver and gold is the Lord's. And so I tell my wife, we need to ask for silver and gold because the silver and gold belongs to the Lord. And she was like, okay, ask. Go ahead, bro. <laughs> my wife's very gracious with me sometimes. She's like, yeah, okay. You do that. <laughs> You're such a man of God. Who's the man of God? you the man of God. <laughs> you know, my wife knows exactly how to talk to me and just butters me up. Scratches my ear, and I'm like, yeah, I'm a man of God. <laughs> Who has great faith? You have great faith. I do, I do. Yeah. And so I'm asking the Lord for silver and gold. And I came, and I preached one Sunday here, and there was a purple present in the office. And I went to the present, and I look at the present, and I pick it up, and it's a heavy present. And I was like, what is this, fruitcake, you know? You know, when you're weighing and you're like, this is hefty. This has got to be that fruitcake stuff, that gelatin stuff that weighs 17 pounds. And if you eat a loaf, you will not go to the bathroom for an entire month. And uh, so I forget about it. I go through the day and then I get home and I read the letter and I open it up and it says, this is just a little something to show you that I'm thinking about you signed the Lord. So I open it up. And there were 60 silver bars and two gold coins in this package. And I had just been asking the Lord for a month and a half. I thank you, Lord, that silver and gold is yours. You're giving me silver and gold. I still have it at home because I actually, once I got it, I don't actually know what you're supposed to do with it. <laughs> what do you do? What do you do with it? You know, like, oh, well, thank you, God. I'll put it in the safe. Okay. <laughs> And it's, since the Lord has added more, so I just get gold coins and silver bars, and I just store them up in there, and that it's there. Because they say in the world, you know, you need gold and silver in case things get bad. So the Bible says in the end days, you'll buy a loaf of bread with a bag of gold. So if you don't have a bag of gold, you ain't getting no bread. No. God will provide. Amen. But the Lord is a supernatural provider. I can't tell you how many times in my life I've witnessed just the, just the unbelievable, undeniable provision of God. 
where you look at it and you're like, this is impossible. One time we were driving pastors to a meeting and I had a flat tire. And we had just bought, well, maybe a year before I had bought this, this Honda Pilot. And the flat tire happens. We're late for this meeting. They're in their suits. And I'm in a suit and I get out and I'm like, man, that's a flat tire. What do I do? And I, I'm trying to take off the tire and there's a special lug nut on new cars. But I didn't have the socket in my, in my kit. I opened it up. It was missing. So I can't even take the tire off. And so they're looking at me and they're like, we'll probably just not make it to the meeting. And I was like, Jesus. And all I could think is I just started praying in tongues. Father, I just glorify you. Thank you, Jesus, that, that we'll find a way out of this. And I reached my hand in the passenger window because it was on the passenger side of, of the front of the truck. And I just put my hand in there as I'm praying. And I feel something in the door jam. And I pick it up and I pull it out. And there is a special socket that fit the Honda Pilot in the passenger side door handle of my car that we had had for over a year and that had never been there before. Put it on there, change the tire, and run on down the road. God can provide. Sometimes you don't need a financial miracle. You need something that only He can bring into your life. God can provide exactly what you need. Amen. God is this supernatural provision maker. He, whatever it takes, God is in it to win it. And the river of heaven that flows from you is released by your declaration that God is my source. This world is not my source. My source is not my job. It's not my career. It's not my bank account. It's not the U.S. government. It's not the Treasury Department. My source has always been the Lord. He will see me through any and all circumstances. Amen. God will provide. God is good. I'll, I'll, I'll just go with it right now. When we came here six years ago, my wife and I felt the tug of the Lord to become pastors. We stepped into Claremont. We knew it was the Lord. We really did because I was fasting and the Lord spoke to my wife. That's how these things work, you know. <laughs> I'm starving to death, 83 pounds, look like a little leprechaun dancing in the shower to get wet. And my wife is feasting on the goodness of the Lord every day, and he speaks to her. <laughs> but she would have never listened if I wasn't fast. No, I'm just joking. And so we knew it was the Lord, and we came here. Now, then we went through a very tough season. And I'm not trying to, uh, I try not to highlight tough seasons because. Bro, we could pass a microphone. Everybody's gone through tough seasons. The longer you talk about your tough season, the longer your season's going to be tough. If you're in a tough season, don't speak about the tough season. You can acknowledge it. I'm not saying just act like nothing is tough. You can talk about the facts of your life, but know that the truth of the Word of God is that God is going to see you through, and He's going to see you through rapidly and swiftly. Amen? And suddenly, it's about to turn in Jesus' name. And so we entered into this place. It was, a, it was a bit of a nightmare situation. There was a lot of things coming against us. And we didn't have money to, to pay ourselves, so we were living on a credit card. And then when you're living on a credit card, anything that goes wrong is like the end of the world. You know what I mean? Like our washer and dryer breaks down, and you're like, you know, it's, a, it's just, well, how am I going to get a new washer and dryer? How am I going to get this? Then our dog's leg broke, and that was like the... the Straw that broke the camel's back. Our puppy's leg is broke. And we went to the vet, and they're going to take a $1,500 to tell you, you know, tough luck. Your dog's leg is broke. So we're going through this tough time, and it's intense battle all the time going on financially. And I remember complaining to God, as I've done before and probably have not fully outgrown, but I'm trying. And I was like, Lord, I don't understand it. Why would you call me here so that I could suffer when before you were providing, you know? And, and I just felt like, like the Lord had turned his back on me, really. And I remember the Lord spoke to me. He said, son, I didn't lead you here to destroy you. I led you here so that when you go out from now on, you will never go alone again. And it was like, the breath of God came on me, and I felt God's with me. I'm going to make it through this season. We just kept declaring and kept declaring the word of God. 
And we saw it totally turn around. Everything that, that could take you out, guys, we saw the hand of the Lord navigate through this circumstance of extreme, unbelievable talent God has to see you through the worst of circumstances into the best of times. Yeah. But on this, this note, you know, this, we find out from the IRS there, this, there's a lot of money owed and there's this whole battle going on between us and the IRS and trying to stay open and trying not to you know, lose our heads and our cool and everything like that. Then my dad gets cancer. It's like a snowball attack from hell. And one of the worst parts of it, believe it or not, was that when I met with the IRS agent and he's threatening you know, for me to go to jail if we can't get this thing turned around, that he then he pulls up, you didn't pay your taxes last year either because I had forgotten to pay my taxes personally the year before, I'd filed an extension. I'd made a payment, but I for, I'd never filed an extension before, and I forgot to square up my taxes. So now I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm a loser. Why would God ever come through for me? I can't even get my taxes right. Oh, Jesus, I'm so sorry. You know, all this whole thing. Well, we go through this whole battle. The Lord leads us through it. God breathes upon it. We get all the debt eliminated from the ministry. Everything like that, God navigates through. But the cherry on the top for me was... That I made friends with an IRS agent. And let me tell you, IRS agent people, they're people too. Okay, you got to love the IRS because they're people too, okay? Everybody makes fun of the IRS and hates on them. These people are just trying to make a living, man. But he calls me. And, and, and I'll never forget this. Because we hadn't had a salary in like six to nine months. We just paid our, like the church would give us a love offering whenever it had the money. And you're living on a credit card. And you owe taxes. And I'm stressed about that. After we went through everything in the ministry, the IRS agent calls me. And he says, hey, bro, I just want you to know. I went ahead and pulled up your last two years of, of, of taxes. And I recalculated it for you because I know what I'm doing because I'm an IRS agent. And I got you some breaks. And now you don't owe anything to the IRS. I'm sending you a check of $6,000. And man... I remember in that moment, I was like, for one, I, this guy needs to be a lifelong friend of mine. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you doing Friday? Let's go hang out. You know, no strings attached, bro. What are you doing around April 15th of every year? Because <laughs> my daughter's born around that time. I would love to have you every year. You know? But the Lord provided in the most wildest of circumstances, God has your back. Some things you face, they seem so insurmountable. You can't even help God figure out how to get out of it. But there's still a river that flows from the inside of you. And that river is the Spirit of God that's in you to be released. And it's your responsibility to not get in your head, but stay in the Spirit. You got to let the Spirit of God flow from you. How do you do that? You praise the Lord. You lift Him up. You magnify His name. You, you stir up these things that God is a provider. God will see me through. He did not lead me this far to, to drop me on my rear. He has led me this far and He's been faithful up till now. He will always be faithful because that's the God that I serve. This is not the end of my story. This is not where I get broken down. This is where I get another testimony to declare to this world that my God is always 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 gonna see me through Jesus he's wonderful he's a provider he will provide in the wildest of circumstances if you just let the Lord take control of your life and let the spirit that's on the inside of you just declare the praises of God and just declare the word of God you will find out that God will provide everything you need you have to believe it though if you don't believe that if you don't believe that God is a healer, the Bible says the, the river of God also brings healing to the nations. The river that is inside of you is a river of healing power. God has put within you the river that brings supernatural healing to this world. Not just in their physical bodies, which God will heal people in their physical bodies. I was buying meat, meat at Publix two nights, three nights, I don't know when it was, a couple nights ago. And I was waiting for the meat to be cut and I started talking to the lady we're talking about, they, they start talking, all the public people start talking about how people need to get a job. You know, we're going to destroy our nation if people don't work. And so they're all sitting there talking about it. And I was like, hey, amen to that, man. And then she starts telling me, and then people, you know, people offer you help. But what I need help with 
is I need my, there's pain in my body every day. And she starts telling me all this. So as she's cutting my meat. I was like, you know what? Jesus can heal you right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, amen, amen to that. But, you know, I really need a doctor. And the medical bill is going to be $1,700. So what I need is $1,700. And I was like, no, Jesus can heal you right now. Forget the $1,700 bill. Let, let even, maybe God will give you $1,700 and heal you. And so you don't have to give $1,700 to a medical bill. So I just keep working on her because she was just kind of slow at cutting meat anyways. And so I was there a while. You know, it is every cut, and then there's another three-minute conversation, and you're like, keep moving the cutter. Can, can, do you chew gum and walk at the... No, I'm sorry. But I, I kept pouring into her, man, and I remember before I left, I had the opportunity, and I was like, Father, I thank you for your healing touch from her head to her toe. I speak over her, this pain goes now in Jesus' name. She was like, thank you, Jesus. Will you come back? But listen, there's healing in the river. And not just physical healing. People right now, they have every emotional hurt going on. This society we live in is probably the meanest society we've ever had. Thanks to technology where people can say whatever they want through social media, not to your face. They're very bold. And so people, kids are being, being made fun of, being mocked. People are going through all sorts of hell. Racism's being heightened. Hatred of these things are being promoted from the, the kingdom of darkness. And the kingdom of God within you has the power to bring a river of healing that can get deep in the, 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 the heart wounds of a person and bring out all the scars and all the junk of this world and bring that person to a place of healing where they are not just walking around hoping to forgive, but they're walking around totally free by the Spirit of God. There is healing in the river of God, but you have got to do your part to let the river flow from you. Amen? There's a river in your belly that wants to be released. It's the river of God that brings supernatural healing to the nations of the world. There is nothing, nothing that God cannot heal. And when I talked about belief, you've got to believe Jesus is a healer. Get it in your core being. Jesus is not one that infects you with disease. He's not one that breaks your bones to teach you a lesson. He's not a person that gives you a hard time so that you can struggle to get humbled. Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus came to bring life and life more abundantly. He is a healer. Believe it about the Lord. Every sickness, every sickness that comes against you, believe in healing. Believe in the divine power of God. And if you get this in your core being, then you take last year, if you truly believe God is a healer, then you should have never, ever, ever feared a virus. And I'll say it like I mean it. You can bring a thousand viruses. You can cook them up in every Chinese lab you want to cook them up with. You can make them airborne. You can inject them in my body, in my sleep. You can do whatever you want. But it ain't going to take me out because the spirit of life on the inside of me has freed me from the power of sin and death. Come on, somebody. My God is a healer. He is the Lord, that God that heals. You can release whatever you want to release, but the children of God have got to tap into supernatural healing. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. You got to believe if cancer comes, stir up your spirit now. That the river of God on the inside of you tells you cancer may try and attack this body. But the spirit of Christ on the inside of me is going to drive out every every bit of it. Because I have life in me. And it's life that comes from God. And there's no power on this earth that can break what God begins and starts on the inside of you. But you got to believe it yourself. Too many people are sitting back in the lazy boys of the spirit realm trying to let someone else get a breakthrough for them. Well, your best spiritual advice is try and get a prayer chain. Forget the prayer chain for a moment. If there ain't nobody to pray for you, there's a river on the inside of you. And that river is the Spirit of God. And he says he will make intercession with you and through you. Let the river flow. Jesus. When you start walking in this and you let that river flow out of you, that supernatural healing power of God will go from you and through you into the nations of the world. Right now, we got to break the back of fear in this generation. I will fear nothing except the Lord. 
you can do your worst. But let me tell you, you've got to believe that God will be with you no matter what. You've got to believe that even if a nuclear war broke out, if God didn't want you to die, you ain't going to die. You've got to believe that if a plane is about to crash and you're on it, if God says this ain't your day, that plane can crash, but you're walking out of that sucker with nothing but a scratch. You've got to believe that you can go through the fire, but you're coming out and not even smelling of smoke. You've got to believe. I mean, I don't know what tomorrow brings, but I know that the Spirit of God on the inside of me is going to see me through time after time because the river will flow. Jesus. He's El Shaddai. He's the God of more than enough. Shout more than enough. More than enough. He's excessive. He's abundant. He's awesome. He's mighty. He's glorious. He's kind. And he's on your side. He's claimed you as his own. He's adopted you into his household. He's set before you a table in the presence of your enemies. All you got to do is believe it to receive it. There's a river. The reason you're on this earth is not so that you can wait for salvation or wait to die or the flesh to die and the spirit to finally live free, uninhabited or uninhibited from this thing. You're here because Jesus said there's a river in you and I'm keeping you on this earth so that the river that I place in you will flow out of you and begin to change the nations of the world. It brings healing to the nations. This is the hour of great healing to the nations of the world. There may be wars and rumors of wars. There may be agitations and plans of the enemy. But in the midst of all of that, there is a plan of God Almighty. And that plan is to bring a healing power of heaven to the nations of the world one more time. I prophesy the day is coming and it will be upon this generation that we will see hospitals once again emptied. Because the glory of God will be so strong on people that walk within the doors that they will see the place emptied out by the Spirit of God. You've got to believe it. The day will come that you're going to go to a funeral and you're going to walk in the place and see a body come up out of a coffin. Because God is a resurrecting God. And God says, not today. Satan you got to stir up wild belief on the inside of you my God can do these things it's not even it's not even extreme Christianity it's just normal Christianity you can't separate my God from the power that he brings he is a he brings life and that life is on the inside of you be bold as a lion church Because what God has put on the inside of you, this world is in desperate need of. There's a river in you. A river of life. A river of provision. It's a river of protection. On top of that, the Bible says that that river where it flows, there will no longer be a curse upon anything. Thank God that you don't have to figure out the plan of the enemy in order to see the enemy fail. Thank God that you ain't got to dig up seven generations of your family's past to figure out how the devil got in before you ever get freedom. Thank God that you don't have to be Dr. Field in a counseling room until you discover when you were three years old that you tripped and fell and ever since that moment there's been a fear. People get all in their minds. No, I want you to get this because that's what happens to the body of Christ. We get to this place where we think it's a mental ascent to the things of God. That the smarter I get in the realms of the Spirit and the more head-puffed-up knowledge I obtain, somehow or another I learn to flow with the Spirit more. But that's why you'll find a believer that got saved Saturday doing more in the realms of the Spirit than a person saved 40 years. Because they got so much head knowledge, but they've lost the flow of the Spirit on the inside. you got to let loose the head, man. You cannot figure out the things of God. You just got to learn to flow with the things of God. If God says go, you go. If God says stay, you stay. If God says give, you give. If God says stand, you stand. If God says jump, you jump. If God says sit down, amen. Just checking to see if you followed that train of thought. No, man, he breaks every curse. He breaks every curse. We got all these conferences, we got all these teachings, we got all these seven steps to a better you, eight ways to live in victory, three break three keys to breakthrough, seven reasons why the devil is defeated. My God, how many numbers do we need? And I'm not and I preach it. I preach it too. 
Because it stirs up the spirit. But what I'm telling you is don't go to the kingdom of God with a head knowledge alone. Never underestimate the heart of a child that just simply believes that God can see them through. It's like the time I was sharing just recently about Ellie and the daycare when she was five years old, six years old. And we had a daycare worker come in and she was distraught saying a, a young teenage girl was kidnapped from her home in Claremont last night. Police were looking for her. This is several years ago. And I was sitting there in my head thinking, my God, this is awful. Oh, man, I can't believe the poor girl. And my daughter, six years old, jumped up on the desk and shouted, in the name of Jesus, angels bring that girl back. And my, the, the, the teacher in, the, in, our, in our daycare was like, I mean, she, she had never seen anything like that. And I was like, amen, Ellie, amen. Two hours later, it was, it was all across Claremont. That girl was found and brought home safely to her family. So now, moral of the story is anytime I need a breakthrough now, I don't even bother praying. I just give it to Ellie. Ellie, come here. Daddy needs you. All right, here's what Daddy's believing for, okay? How do you walk around so blessed? I have a powerful weapon at home. She don't take no for an answer. Amen. God is a provider. He breaks every curse of hell off. Amen. There's nothing that the enemy has on you once you've met Jesus that still stands. Are you with me on that? There's no lingering attachment to hell that he has any right to hold on to you on. You don't have to go deep into all these things to try and figure out the unraveling of the spirit realm. Every demonic spirit is broken when the spirit of God flows. Do you believe it? Shout amen. 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 Do you believe there's counseling rooms in heaven where people will get to heaven and be brought along to the side to be counseled to get over the traumas of the past? Nope. Because one dip in that river of God and every scar of the past is forever removed. It's washed away from you. By the time you get out the other side, you are living. The, the flesh is washed and the spirit is alive. But Jesus said that that river is in you now. Not just on the other side. Let the river of God flow from you. And bring supernatural healing, supernatural provision, and a supernatural freedom to this generation. Thanks for listening to the River Claremont Podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in seeing lives touched and changed by the love and power of Jesus, you can give online at www.riverclaremont.com. Your prayers and financial support are changing lives.